welcome to the podcast Failing Failure by Think Academy. I'm your host Shalini and to give you a brief about what we're doing here, this podcast is aimed to inspire, educate and transform the listeners through the stories of remarkable humans who despite facing numerous obstacles have reached where they are today. And in this show we talk about your professional journey which may assist you in making well-informed career decisions. Today we have with us Sana Singh Tomar. who's the founder of Thrive for You coaching in fact she has trained over 4000 people across all industries most recently having conducted workshop for organizations like aon american express coca cola cognizant to name a few so hello ma'am hi shalini so ma'am like you have worked a lot in all these years into so many industries can you tell us how your journey has been like from consulting to you know starting from a hotelier sure uh, sure shalini thank you firstly for having me on the podcast today yes. and um, i hope to share my experiences with the listeners and um, my hope is that they are able to get something from today's podcast where they can learn and then possibly adapt and um, get along with their own journeys uh, yes. so my journey uh, as you very rightly mentioned um, started out with being a hotelier yes. and uh, this journey began almost uh, 20 plus years ago and at that time i knew one thing that i enjoyed being with people and i think i had a good service orientation so i thought i was more suited for the hotel industry and that's where i began my journey uh, so i studied hotels and i worked with the oberoi hotels um, as a management trainee yeah. while i began my journey in operations there i realized the impact that lnd or learning and development um, has on the quality and output of an organization because the obroy group was a very very quality driven organization and they paid a lot of attention to their training and development at every stage uh, so whether you were an industrial trainee or a management trainee or thereafter even a senior leader somehow learning and development always had a, a part to play so yeah. that made me interested in this part of the field and slowly from operations i moved into learning and development where i began as an operational skill based trainer and then i realized that attitude makes a lot of difference to a person's performance at work so you know you can be highly skilled at something but if you don't have the right attitude or if you don't have the will to perform then that skill will not really pull you very far and that's when i got interested in the attitudinal or behavioral side of uh, people's training and i began attending workshops myself so i went through um, a training with the icabs which is the indian society for applied behavioral sciences and uh, i realized what human behavior really is and i learned how to observe my own behavior and hence other people's behavior and that's what really got me interested in psychology and i began to learn more in that direction so then i became an lnd professional and uh, you know i've been an lnd professional for almost 20 years also and um, so human resources engagement culture building a value system within the organization performance productivity well being 
leadership, all these areas began to fascinate me and I went deeper into it. From there, uh, you know, working with organizations, as you mentioned, so I've worked with multiple um, MNCs as a, as a trainer, as a facilitator conducting workshops. And then seven years ago, I got into the space of executive coaching. So that was also a natural transition of going from large scale workshops where you are training anywhere between 20 to 100 people to really wanting to work with people one on one because I felt I have a certain strength of getting the best out of individuals when I work one on one with them and customize the solution closely to them. So from being an L&D uh, facilitator of training workshops, I also uh, began my journey into getting certified as an executive coach. And um, that's something that really, really interests me now. And I took that up full on. And uh, that's what I do mostly now. So I have my own coaching and consulting practice. So that's been my journey. And it, it has been a wonderful journey because to start with management and to get into, you know, uh, uh, training people and doing something for them, that's a wonderful job in itself. And my yeah, question absolutely. to you would be that how did you go from, how was the transition like from going into management to personal development? Personally, what was it like for you? So, you know, I, yeah. yeah. So I thought I thought I paid attention to what I enjoyed doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, like I began to tell you that the story was that I enjoyed working with people. Yeah. And I realized that instead of managing human resource, developing human resource was more attractive to me. You know, there was a, a, a particular stage in my career yeah. where I was thinking whether, you know, I want to go into general management or would I like to do sales and marketing more? Or would I want to be with human resource and developing? So I think that's the time I made a very conscious choice of saying that, no, as much as I am good at general management or as much as I enjoy doing sales and marketing, mm -hmm. my heart or my passion really lies in developing people because at the base of it all, I'm a learner myself. Mm -hmm. I enjoy learning. And I'm very curious. I constantly uh, want to know more. I don't think I've ever stopped learning constantly yeah. from the time I graduated from college. At some stage or the other, I have constantly upgraded my skills and I have continued to learn throughout. So I think that learner in me, that seeker in me, uh, developed my intellectual capacity, developed my understanding of the business world, developed my understanding of human behavior. And then I said, I want to offer this to other people. And yeah. then I want to partner with them so that they can make their performance better. Yeah. So I think that journey has been quite conscious. And I chose with my heart and my head both. So I wanted to know what am I good at? And what do I really want to do? What really gives me happiness? Or what do I do passionately? And when I combine these two, that's how I finally arrived at this particular stage in my life. So if I can say I'm a coach and a consultant or a training or an L&D professional, mm. not by chance. I'm here by choice. I've made certain decisions. I made certain choices to get me here. And also, I think, you know, there is something when, when you really focus on something, then I think grace also favors you. 
and and you manage to get there if you're determined to be there in fact you made a very difficult decision of choosing in between so many careers with the in a systematic way of wanting like choosing of what you want instead of just going with it and i think that is one thing that a lot of st- students need to learn because when we're young we don't understand how to choose or go into a specific field we just do what True. we're told so uh, yeah yeah that way it's been really helpful and um why do you give a lot of workshops in different companies can you tell us uh, some of the things that employees are supposed to have there in terms of soft skills and all etc uh so you know i think of course one is your own uh, technical expertise right yeah. and your knowledge to do something yeah but once you have a hang of that i think of course that is important your ability to constantly become better so there's no stopping point um, you know so if you're very good at coding today or if you're very good at a particular skill today i think that's wonderful but i think to constantly question and say how do i get to the next level what do i need to do more to go there is something that you should always keep in mind and that's for the technical aspect you've asked for soft skills especially i think at least in the initial years certain soft skills which are very very important are number one being able to manage your own time right yeah. so time management becomes a very very important skill right up front in the beginning years i think the second skill or soft skill that's very important is how you conduct yourself right your mm-hmm. attitude how do people receive you do you come across as a person who's collaborative do you come across as a person uh, who's willing to take risk do you come across as a person who takes ownership you know so for today's uh, world i think the word ownership is very important yeah uh, because no longer are you just hired to do a job over a long period of time i think any organization any leader wants you to be an owner in the sense of the word where you look at a problem and you own it and you try to solve it by of course getting support and but it's not like passing the buck any longer so mm-hmm. organizations want ownership in their people so i think these are some of the first few soft skills that one should look at developing so it's your time management it's your collaboration it's about your self management and also having ownership so these are a few key soft skills that one can look at early on in their careers or look at even developing as a student so the way you manage your own time as a student the way you manage yourself uh, whether you look after your well being whether you are organized whether you are structured yeah. um, how collaborative are you do you support others uh, to come up as well uh, do you ask for help easily if required you know that's important and taking complete ownership and responsibility for your own success and ensuring that you put in all the effort to get where you need to so when we talk about going from let's say starting as a student like a lot of students are clueless about from uh, where as a college student when they go into different companies what are they supposed to do apart from sure. their jobs like their technical right. skills that they have 
so like right. friends that you just mentioned this is soft skills that they can provide on their part now what are some of the uh, some of the things that they can do for the people around them so that the environment the company they're in they it can have a better impact they can have a better impact on people over there i think the biggest impact that a new person can have is the way they approach their work right yeah. if they're curious if they are ready to learn uh, you know if they are willing to put in that extra effort if they are willing to extend themselves yeah. i think these are all key things that that a person within an organization is looking from a from a fresh person who joins the organization you know not coming with certain judgments and biases being open uh understanding and absorbing the work culture that there is and trying to see how well they can adopt that culture or how quickly they can adapt to it yeah. you know so these are some of the things that a person can do when they walk into an organization i think most big organizations today have fantastic onboarding programs um they handhold the students when they come in uh you know they are wonderful campus to corporate uh, programs that i have personally conducted for a lot of students who have come into the corporate world um and most organizations are very um in tune with the fact that they have empathy and understand how a new person or a student feels when they walk into this uh, new world yeah. and they're wanting to able and they're wanting to assist you and support you and i think it all depends on how much the student walking into the corporate space is able to make make the most of that support that's offered yeah. and then extend themselves okay by asking the right questions by being open by being curious by being a fast learner uh, you know by putting in that that little bit of rigor that is required yeah yeah understood ma'am and i think from here let's uh, move on more into your journey because we uh, personally i personally want to know the challenges that you faced in your journey and how you overcame them if you could mention a few all right so i think you know a couple of challenges that i faced was to maybe number one decide on what i really wanted to do right yeah. uh, nobody right in the beginning of course there are some people who are very very sure and they are very very clear about what they want to do uh from the beginning you know there are kids who say i want to become a doctor there are kids who say i want to become a lawyer there are kids who say i want to definitely do this and they get there um i don't think i was one of them i had a basic understanding of what i was good at but i didn't have huge clarity on where i wanted to be or where i saw myself in the long term so mm. i think one of the challenges has been uh is is that it's been exploratory okay. and um, the difficulty here has been that where i've reached today if i had the clarity from the beginning i could have possibly gotten here much faster so that's that's one challenge that i faced is not having that clarity but having said that i also feel that that was okay because finding my way here has been a wonderful experience and i've learned a lot yeah which possibly yeah. would have not happened if i had great clarity and i got there quickly so mm -hmm. i i understand so having worked in different industries so I, i have experience in in hotels and i have experience in retail 
and I have experience in being a freelancer. I have experience in now being a solopreneur. You know, so there are different phases of my career and each have added value to me. Not to say that any one was easier than the other. Yeah. So being a hotelier had its own challenges, right? Uh, time, uh, not having personal time is a big stretch. Mm -hmm. uh, you are always required to be on your feet. It's a physically taxing job, but it's wonderful. The environment that you work in is fantabulous, right? So yeah. the struggles in the hotel environment are very different. The struggles in retail are very different again, right? Because there is the corporate uh, side of the retail and then there is the, the front side, which is the retail stores, right? Yeah. And, and there is challenge there because there are corporate decisions that are taken, but to implement them in the retail store, there is a challenge where something from the top comes down and it needs to be implemented. So there are challenges there, right? Yeah. And that's a different yeah. challenge. When you become a freelancer, there is a challenge there. And you. the reason I became a freelancer for a period of time was because uh, I got married, I started a family, I knew I wanted to commit time to my children. And yeah. at that time, I didn't want a full-time job responsibility. So I became a freelancer. So getting work becomes challenging, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you're in a full-time job, there is no dearth of work. Work will come to you easily. But being a freelancer, you have to really struggle for a project or you have to really struggle for work to come your way. Um, and that becomes a challenge that you will face. Then being a solopreneur has its own challenges, right? Because yeah. when you're freelancing, then you connect with an, uh, an organization and they do a lot of work for you. And then you go and do the delivery. But when you become a solopreneur, you're doing everything yourself. You know, your branding, your sales and marketing, your delivery, your billing, your accounting, everything has to be done by you. But the amount of learning that can happen is phenomenal. So, so that th those are the challenges that I faced, but the outcome I would think has been pretty positive. With so many challenges, ma'am, I mean, it's and in so many sectors, of course, how did you manage to keep yourself motivated through all this time? Because let's say if someone has a, a full-time job, then they get very comfortable with the fact that they're getting a salary and they don't need to get out of or maybe just say be a freelancer or be a solopreneur. So from there, how did you keep on switching to different sectors? And then how did you keep yourself motivated? Sure. So I think to answer the first part of it is, number one, not all decisions by that were taken were taken directly by me. Some were circumstantial, right? Mm -hmm. When I gave up my full-time job and, you know, I wanted to do freelance, it came from a space of that I wanted to be with my children. And yes, I knew I was going to take a financial hit. I knew my career was going to slow down. I knew that my batchmates were going to rise much faster than me, um, especially for, for even the girls who had not given up working and were working and, you know, doing their motherhood responsibilities side by side. But that was consciously my choice. And I, I decided that that is what I want to do because I knew... Um, that leaving my children under someone else's care was going to make me feel a certain way which I was not ready to take on. Yeah. And I didn't want to feel a certain way. And I took that 
decision myself to say that okay i'm willing to take a hit i'm willing to take a hit of no salary for a while i'm willing to take a hit of being called a, a stay at home mom or a housewife and that was a big thing for me because growing up as a student i was very very career focused yeah. and i had great plans of by what age where i should be what should i be earning and how should i be doing it so suddenly all those plans had to be trashed and they had to change yeah but i listened to my heart at that moment and i said no this is what i'm committing to and i think this is the most important role that i need to play right now and then i just asked myself a couple of questions so i do a lot of internal introspection and self reflection so having those internal conversations guided me right and and that's how i made certain choices um to say that also you know i think life supported me in a certain way um i fortunately had a partner who supported me while i took a break and there was no pressure from him uh, to say that you know i need to get back to work or i need to live my life in a certain way so i have a very supportive partner and without him things would have not been the way they are so yeah. i think it's a culmination of many things i don't think any one person says that whatever i've done i've done it single handedly i think that of course the person makes a lot of decisions but mm. there are circumstances and there is support or not not having support uh, which also counts for the many decisions that we do take uh and uh, i guess that's what life completely is so you may decide to do something yeah but some things need to support you as well and without that support certain decisions one cannot take and i think you have to accept that Of course, ma'am. It seems like like you have been very strong over this entire period of time, and it it takes one to be strong to have made to make such strong like uh, life changing decisions. So hats off to you for that. Apart from that, I think you also you mentioned before that you're interested in psychology, and yeah, you also interested in spirituality. but right. when we uh, look at the two of the things most of the psychologists they tend to uh, you know go away from the other one like spirituals they uh, make fun of psychology so how do you balance between these two uh i think that's a very interesting question charlie uh, i think the more i'm learning about both psychology and spirituality Yeah. uh you know there are many many places that they meet um and for example i think the biggest place that they meet today is this word called mindfulness yeah. or is a word called presence right hmm. now mindfulness is a big word in psychology today it's about being conscious of your thoughts it's about being an observer of your thoughts right and yeah. spirituality a big part of it teaches you exactly that right so for example a practice like meditation or focusing on your breath is something that is being recommended by psychologists as much as it's being recommended by spiritual practitioners yeah so as much as we think that they are different things at some point they work with the human mind they work with our thoughts and they work with the expression of those thoughts So I think that's where the common thread between psychology and spirituality lies. And the more I explore both of them, the more connected they seem to me.
in fact there is a book that i'm reading currently which is called the art of happiness right yeah it is a book that has been written by a psychologist in coordination with his holiness the lai lama so anybody who's interested in understanding the similarities or even the differences between psychology and spirituality i think that's a good book to go to and that's when you see where are the places where psychology and spirituality really match and what are the places where they may not match yeah yeah in fact i must say that's a very interesting stand you know finding out the common ground between the two and working with that so uh, yeah. let's let's move on to uh, uh, something fun i mean what is what do you think an outdated advice that you'd wish people would start you know stop giving to others outdated advice yes ma'am uh i think anything and everything to do with with what should be done right yeah. uh you must do this this is the only way i think that should be completely junked i think every person needs to you know wake up for themselves and and look for their own paths right because for example girls are told to do certain things right that yeah. you know you need to uh, get married by a certain age and you must even if you're doing a career find a career which is suitable to this stage and that stage no i i think all of that needs to be junked uh, today every person needs to have a great self awareness of themselves and should know very clearly where they want to go and what they want to experiment with and live their lives accordingly Okay. because every human being is different every brain is different what works well for one may not necessarily work well for another yeah so some part of social conditioning needs to definitely be challenged and junked maybe so on that note ma'am what is one advice that you would like to give students who are just starting out in their careers and to professionals who are just starting with some new jobs what is something that you tell them i think the only thing i want to tell them without being preachy is is yeah. be curious be curious um keep your eyes ears open learn lots right yeah and figure out what you want to do uh it doesn't matter how long it takes you to get there but don't settle for second best okay really i think i think find your passion and become goddamn great in it and then uh, allow it to generate money for you yeah yeah so i think i think that's what i'd really like to tell students is stay curious learn and develop mastery in whatever you're passionate about and once you get there then the money does come in mm-hmm. yes ma'am you're right and in fact this was truly a very helpful experience and very a wonderful a uh, interview so thank you for coming with us on here and thank you for giving so much of your time for the students and for uh, us as well um thank you ma'am thank you so much shalini thank you for your thoughtful and insightful questions and uh, giving me this opportunity to share my experience and my own uh, growth and learning path uh, with the students I I would be happy if I've been able to contribute to their lives in any which way. Okay ma'am thank you sure. Thanks thanks sure.
So this was an interesting conversation with Sana Singh Tomar. And here are some of the things that we discussed in this conversation. Once you have a technical expertise about a particular industry that interests you, don't stop questioning about yourself in terms of things you need to do to further get to the next level if you got that job already. And the next level could be, you know, anything ranging from a better position to improving things, you know, the way you lack. And what's important is to keep asking yourself the right kind of questions so that you can properly evaluate yourself and keep growing. We also talked about how you could impact the people around you. And what matters the most here is how you approach your work, if you're willing to learn or put that extra effort. And if you are, then that would make an easier transition for you at whatever job you're working in. So I hope you took away something of value out of our conversation. And if you did, then do remember to apply it in your lives. Make sure to hit subscribe if you haven't already. And if you liked our podcast, then do leave out a review. That's it for this week. Everyone out there, thank you for tuning in and listening. We'll come back next week with a new story. Until then, enjoy your week.